Hey friends, welcome to Wild Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Ainsley B. I'm so excited you're here today. During our time together, we're gonna hear some incredible stories on how to find, keep, and share your wild confidence in Christ. The long-awaited Enneagram episode is here. Y'all, I'm so excited to have Enneagram Andy on later in the show. But before we do, I wanted to give anyone who doesn't know about the Enneagram a little bit of background information because we don't really talk about the specific types. Um, We kind of get more into how we use the Enneagram, how it's beneficial in our lives. So I wanted to tell you a little bit about the Enneagram if you haven't heard of it before, and we can go from there on the conversation that we have later in this episode. So if, you do, if you've never heard of the Enneagram, Enea stands for nine, gram is diagram, and it's really like a map or GPS of self-discovery and personal growth based on nine basic personality types. The Enneagram accurately and clearly describes why you think, feel, and behave in particular ways based on your core fears and core desires. So the power of the Enneagram is really in its ability to harness and transform self-limiting behaviors into life-enhancing personal empowerment. The gift of the Enneagram is that through self-discovery, one can really create and sustain meaningful and lasting relationships with others, God, and themselves. Now, that bit of information I got off of yourenneagramcoach.com. That is where my coaching certification comes from, is through that program. And I have all kinds of information on that on my website at ainsleybritton.com forward slash Enneagram. So if you are interested in Enneagram coaching, maybe that free assessment to find your type, um, diving deeper into your type if you already know your type, or becoming a coach like I am, that is all on my website. So you can totally check that out if you want a little bit more information on that end. Now, I just mentioned the assessment. That is definitely a good way to get a, have a starting point to discovering your type. So really the best way is to dive in read through every single type, find out as much as you can about the types, and then decide from there. But that does take a lot of time. It does take a lot of effort. So what I recommend is taking that free assessment or taking the assessment on EnneagramInstitute.com, which is the READY assessment, R-H-E-T-I. And that will provide you a lot more information on your types and the ranking of those types And then from there, you can read about your top three, figure out which one resonates most with you. Generally speaking, your Enneagram type is going to be the one that's most uncomfortable for you to read about. (laughs) You'll probably cringe at yourself as you're reading about your type. And that's usually the most accurate one. So that's going to be a little bit about what the Enneagram is. Now, the types that I'm talking about discovering, there's nine of them. And I'll briefly run through what those are called and what they are. So the first one is the reformer, the rational, idealistic type, principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and perfectionistic. The second is the helper, the caring, interpersonal type, demonstrative, generous, people-pleasing, and possessive. The achiever is the third, the success-oriented, pragmatic type, adaptive, excelling, driven, and image-conscious. Four is the individualist, the sensitive withdrawn type that's expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. 
The investigator is number five, the intense cerebral type, perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. And number six, the loyalist, the committed security-oriented type, engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. The enthusiast is type seven, the busy, fun-loving type, spontaneous, versatile, distractible, and scattered. Eight is the challenger, the powerful, dominating type, self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. And nine is the peacemaker, the easygoing, self-effacing type, receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. So you just heard pros and cons of each type. And the Enneagram really isn't afraid to hit you where it hurts, honestly. It is very revealing of your personalities, your strengths, and your weaknesses as well. But I really love it in how much it's transformed my life and the lives of the people around me. It's created just a better way to communicate with other people. And it's also created an, an empathy for other people that really didn't exist as much before. (laughs) I'm definitely an empathetic person, but the Enneagram taught me like how to view the world from other people's lenses, which is really cool. But we will talk more about that with Enneagram Andy um, whenever, Andrew Davis is his actual name, (laughs) but we'll talk more whenever he comes on. But before that, um, if you do want to dive deeper in information, I did do a few podcasts um, on this. And I go through a deeper dive into each of these types, and I would love for you to check those out. Um, I did one with Truth for Your 20s podcast with Katie Bulmer, and um, it is for Freedom Podcast with Holly Myers. So that's two places that you can really find out a little bit more. And I'm also doing some more coming up, so stay tuned for those. Um, on TikTok, I do a lot of Enneagram TikToks, actually all Enneagram TikToks. And my username there is at Enneagram and chill. So that's really a place more for laughter, more lighthearted, but it is really fun. And I am getting more into the educational part of it. So I'll be sharing some information there at Enneagram and chill on TikTok. So that is a little bit of, you know, what the Enneagram is. A couple of resources as far as podcasts goes, but I do want to touch on a couple of books. So some Enneagram books that I really love are The Road Back to You, The Path Between Us, and The Sacred Enneagram. Those are really good starter books. The Path Between Us is really great, especially when it comes to like relationships and the people around you um, and how your Enneagram types kind of react to other people and engage with other people. So I definitely recommend those um, books and resources as well whenever you're kind of getting into the Enneagram and figuring it all out. It's a lot, so definitely be patient with yourself. And of course, reach out for coaching if you want to dive deeper into, you know, all of the things that coaching can bring, whether that's a self-acceptance, self-discovery, self-love, and self-awareness that, man, is such a gift. It's such a gift that we have so many resources now for more of that self-awareness, self-discovery, self-love avenue, because I just feel like that really wasn't popular a while back, even 10 years ago. It wasn't as popular to live fully into who you are in a confident way. So I'm very excited that the opportunity does present itself 
to dive deeper into who you are and why you do the things that you do. What's the motivation behind that? So that's the Enneagram in brief. (laughs) Uh, I always dive deeper about it on Instagram and in other places. So I'm excited to have Andrew Davis on my TikTok BFF. Here he is. Hey, have you noticed that we talk about the Enneagram quite a bit around here? I'm actually a certified Enneagram coach through your Enneagram coach, and I have the perfect place for you to discover your type and learn more about it on my website at ainsleybritton.com forward slash Enneagram. Check it out. And let's get back to our guest. What's up, y'all? Today we get to hang with my TikTok BFF, Andrew Davis, aka Enneagram Andy, is a three-wing two living in Durham, North Carolina. As a 20-something extrovert, he is a marketing rep by day and a TikToker by night. More on that later. For fun, you might find him hanging out with friends, obviously socially distanced, and enjoying a good beer, cooking breakfast for dinner, love that, or setting new goals at the gym. A graduate of, wait, I never say it right. Appalachian. Appalachian State, yeah. <laughs> Appalachian State University. His claim to fame is the best avocado toast in Western North Carolina. Andrew Davis, how are you? I am really great. How are you doing? I'm good. Okay, so how did you get into the Enneagram like in the beginning? Or like tell us about your, I guess, personal development story and how it led there. Yeah. Um, so when I was a senior in college, so three and a half, it was like about three and a half years ago, whatever. It was my last semester of college. Um, I was in a campus ministry and our associate pastor one day, we were like, me and my buds were just like, you know, hanging in like one of the rooms in my ministry building and came up and was like, okay, Andrew, I took this test. I just need you to take it because I already know what yours is. And I need you to like verify it for me. Like, it wasn't, like, coming to me to be, like, this thing's awesome. It was, like, she's an, this, our, our pastor's an eight, by the way. So that's my, you know, puts some insight to the direction. It's so her being, like, uh, you need to take this because I know what your type is. And I just need it verified. And I was, like, okay. Like, I went home that night and hopped on my laptop and, like, took the quiz. And, you know, the first time you read it, you're, like, well, I'm seven-fourths, you know, four Three ninths, eight. You know, like you're reading it, like it's you don't really understand what you're reading, <laughs> and yes. like it's some foreign language. And um, so like I, my number one type was a three. You know, I was like, okay, cool. So I like went to the Enneagram Institute and I read it, and I just remember thinking, holy crap! Like someone figured me out. Like, <laughs> like it was like I play all these games in my head, and someone was like, gotcha. And I was like, no, <laughs> like people can't know all of this. <laughs> And it literally was like, just, I was obsessed with it. Cause I was like, I've never heard people describe language. And it's funny cause I'm very lighthearted. I don't think I come across like a super serious three. Like I think a lot of these come across as like very professional, very like, just like, oh, not harsh, but just like, I don't know, like stiffer. And I feel like, I will think I'm a seven off of initial interaction. Cause I'm, I'm kind of goofy. I'm lighthearted. Um, I also lean more into a two wing, but, um, the, the way that I really knew that it was mine is, or there's the number I identified with, um, that year I had like really wanted to get into the organization on campus and it didn't work out for me. And I was like, and to me, it was like the pinnacle of being success in my university. I didn't get in. And so like, 
that reading the Enneagram, like reading like the fixation of like needing to be the best, needing validation, like, you know, like doing all of these things to prove yourself. And then going to the part about in stress, going to a nine, that's what happened to me. Like I felt this very like emptiness of like, well, I didn't make my goals. Like, what am I, you know? And like having to redefine to myself, like, well, if people around me aren't going to tell me who I am, like I need to know who I am. And like having a rebuilding process, because I think like a lot of threes out there, I put a lot of pressure on one thing to be my success. And like, you don't get it. Like your identity is kind of gone. And so um, that was like the thing that immediately clicked when I was reading through all the stuff was like, the way it handled stress and like the, the fixations of it. Um, and I remember being like a two months after taking the test and like getting into it, listening to the Road Back to You podcast on being a three and just the same stuff. Like he would say things where I just felt like, how do you know my brain? Like, yeah. and it was just, I think that was kind of uh, what got me into it. Um, and like, I think, in like development and like what it's it's helped me with um is I think that I've learned like in life like sometimes you don't get what you want and that just not just that one story but like over and over again like life is full of failures and I think that threes really try to like airbrush my failures to be like well it's okay I didn't care that much or like I didn't want Mm. it that bad or I got something better you know like you airbrush it because you don't want to be disappointed in you and then like I think what I've what's been like really helpful for me is like I'm doing it for me like my friends and family love me no less for what I do and don't do and so like trying to lighten the pressure on myself because at the end of the day like people who matter the most to me love me no matter what I do right and that's hard that's hard for a three to to accept yeah I mean I don't I, it's it's like a work in progress you know what I mean like I still don't really believe it it's not it's one of those things like you're so ingrained of like I need to perform like I need to make everyone around me happy and I have I mean I think it's funny because I know that you and I are like reversed of like I'm yeah. a three with a two wing and you're a two with a three wing so you probably understand a lot of this but like yeah. to me a lot of success is people being close to me and like people and so it's a lot of pressure of like maintaining high level friendships like I love all these people so much and to be there for all of them all the time and just like mm-hmm. balancing kind of the pressures of of that, but recognizing that like no one is perfect, and you know like I think the truth of the gospel, if you're gonna get into that on it, is that like yeah. God doesn't love me for for what I do. Like I don't think God yeah. could care if I was the president of the United States. You know, like I think God really cares that like I love my neighbor and that you know I'm kind and that you know, you minister with the widows and the orphans. So I think that's what we're called into. And, and like, that's what God's heart is about, you know? Absolutely. And I think that is huge, especially when it comes to the three, because Justin's a three, my husband's a three. And it's just so funny. Like I was showing him all of your three stuff, obviously, because y'all are the same number. And I'm like, yes, like that is, that is y'all like y'all are so similar and especially everything that you're posting about the three is so him. But in my opinion, and tell me what your thoughts are on this is the Enneagram is so like, there's no purpose to it without the gospel. Like there's no, there's a stopping point. It's a dead end unless you have the freedom of the gospel and the freedom of what the Lord is there to offer you once you hit 
all of that self-awareness and kind of self-discovery? Yeah, well, I think it, like for me, it, like without the gospel, I feel like the Enneagram is just like a roadmap of motivation. You know, mm. like it, it's helpful to empathize with people um, and it's helpful to like put yourself in their shoes. But without that, like what, what else is it? You know, like, and I think about the Enneagram, what his, where like the Lord has really used it in my life is not even the understanding, but the conversations that it brings out of people to like yeah. really dive into like, oh, this is why I feel this way. And like this, and like, I think that has been maybe the biggest like tool it's been for in, my, in my life is not even the understanding of it, but like the way people talk about it and the openness that it brings them to put language to their own heart in ways they didn't understand. Ooh, that's so good and so true. So how do you, like, are you using it, how do you use it with, like, I guess your friends and family, but then how do you use it with new people that you meet? What does that look like for you? This is not a question I've prepared you for. I'm just thinking. No, that's okay. Go ahead. Shoot them out. (laughs) Um, I, so, I use it at work a lot. I think at work, it's extremely helpful. Um, But mainly because at work, I have, like, four friends who we are all into it, and we've all, like, typed the office. like seriously I could do like a seating chart of people's Enneagram of like 60 employees like I could ease like I could guess 90 percent of them I have pretty nailed down just between the fourth like another committee in my life I'm like we got this figured out um and like not in any way has it ever been used to like I don't think we use it in a way of like ever judging someone but I think it's just understanding like oh my friend is a six so that email that just went out really freaks them out and you, it, it, it's like that simple. Like there will be an email of some crazy thing that happens. And like, I know my six friends are freaking out and they are. And then it's like a tool to be like, what you think about that? How do you feel? Like, and it's like being there for someone who is going to go worst case scenario in their head automatically, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of been fun for that and work for my friendships, like, um, which I guess my work coworkers are my friends too, but like my, like, close friends and um I think it's just been really good for anytime we get into an argument like I think if we like not even intentionally but look through the lens of the Enneagram and be like why did this bother someone you know um and that reminds me I want to tell you this is something this might not be on topic but one time you Mm -hmm. post this is not on topic but I'm going to say it because my brain went to it you posted that TikTok about the Enneagram not being a sword but it like be yeah. what and like I feel like in my friendship people will be like oh you're just being a three and I'm like no that's not the excuse in this argument so yeah. like I I won't like, like sometimes I think you're just a human with who wants to be heard you know like yeah and but I think my friendships a lot of us look through that to, to try to figure out like where the pressure point is um and same with my family like I mean my family dynamic makes so much sense based on the Enneagram to me. Like it just clears, and it just clears a lot of blurred lines of like why people interact the way they do, you know? Um, yeah. I think for me too, like it also helps me to know how to like love someone better. That makes total sense. So whenever you meet someone new, are you like evaluating in your head? Are you like, okay, what's going on with her? Or his or her number like what is that yeah I do that so bad I do it literally it's like almost every time if I'm with someone like I met for like five minutes 
and I may have quick judgment, but if I'm around someone for like an hour, I'm like, oh yeah, I got you. You know what I mean? Like, just like yeah. if they're extroverted, you put them in a box of like three or four. If they're introverted, put them in a box of three or four. And like the more you talk to them, the more I try to like dig into like, oh yeah, so, and, or what's been really crazy is like, I had someone I know from college, um, and I was down at a friend's for the fourth, and like, one of my friends was like, yeah, Andrew's an Enneagram TikToker now. And I was like, okay. But one of the people in the group was like, oh, guess mine. I knew him from college. And I was like, um, I think you're an eight. And he was like, no, I'm actually a four. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And we talked about it. It was a good conversation. And then like three weeks later, I had this long Facebook message being like, I think you're right. And I was wrong. <laughs> and I was like, no, I didn't mean to like, to make you question yourself. But he was like, no, like everything you said about why you believed that was like a different perspective that I've been looking through it. And so that was like really funny to be like, huh? Because I think you need your friends to tell your Enneagram most of the time because I think it's easy to look at yourself through a lens that isn't always accurate. Yes, I would agree with that. And that's hard. That's a hard pill to swallow for some people. Totally. Well, anytime my friends took a test, I would be like, take it with someone who answer the questions with you. So like, am I prideful? Like, now you're not like, of course not. And your friend's like, you know, you are. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like that kind of stuff you need to be called out on normally because you're not going to be like, yeah, I'm super prideful. Like, you're going to be like, um, like a two or three out of five, you know? Like, but yeah. I think if a friend's around you, they can kind of help check that process, but in a loving way, hopefully. Yes, but to, I, that would have crushed my soul. So I had to take it by myself. <laughs> if someone like, if, some, if Justin was like, yeah, you're a little bit. I'd have been like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst woman on the planet. Which honestly, reading about the two, I 100% feel like that. Like honestly, the Enneagram humbled me more than anything ever has in my life. Because I read through in it and I was like, way? I was just reading through it and I was like, oh my gosh. Like I have gone through life thinking that I have these pure motivations and I will break my neck for anyone. And then I <laughs> look back and I'm like, wait, that was not a pure motivation. <laughs> oh, crap. Wait. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what kind of person am I? And honestly, like every time that I walk through, um, like with coaching or just with random conversation, you know, anytime I walk through a two through their type, it's devastating. It can be mm -hmm. devastating for them because of that, because it's like, we want to not be prideful and we don't want to be, um, have ulterior motives. And that's what can come out if we're in an unhealthy place. Right. So it was just like wild how it, it shook me to the core immediately. And I tested, I actually tested my second highest number of seven and um, I have a, ton, a lot of the behaviors of a three, so I don't even have that many two behaviors, but huh. the motivation all has always lined up and that's what has got me right. Like I'm, I'm way more three and seven than I am two, but when it comes to the motivation, the motivator that I line up with a two that's and I'm like, fascinating. yeah, I know it's crazy. I mean, I, I'm for sure uh... two, but. Yeah, well, that's that's what I tell anyone. It's I'm like it's it's what's driving you, you know, like your reactions are just the result of some underlying desire. Um, right. But that's funny that you say that because 
someone said, and this is what that guy who who sent me that Facebook message, and a lot of people have told me, is they're like, I know what I am based on the weaknesses of the number. And I'm just like, man, that is so sad. As a culture, like we can't look at what makes us great. We know ourselves how it makes us broken. Yeah, that's so true. And like, I think like, as a three, it's easy to get down on myself and be like reading stuff and being like, oh, like, like between us, I'm like, no one wants to test a three. Like, they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, but like, I'm like, yeah, there are some not great parts, but like, there are some really great strengths, you know, like everyone needs to be at the table to make something happen. Yes. Yes. And I find that with a lot of sixes, they get so down on themselves. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, you, that is so six of you in my mind. I want to say that. (laughs) I'm like, I can't, I can't not, I cannot use it as a sword, but I want to be like, that is the most six thing to take this as the most negative thing. Whenever you are, you know, think you're prepared for things. You're a great friend. Like I want to like gas them up because I'm like, what are you doing? Like you're great. Mm -hmm. That and fours. Like I have so many four Mm. friends who took it and they, and like, not to stereotype, but it's, it's usually been my friends who like ignore that it's not like they're like I'm, I don't I don't really any of them, and then like they <laughs> deep dive on the four and they're like oh crap, but then I think it takes away this like feeling of uniqueness from them or from some of them, yeah. um, and then it feels like the opposite of what they just read. You know, like I would desire to be you know like creative and fresh and and my own, but this thing is like. But I don't think of it as a box. I think it can feel like one if you let it be one. But, like, I think fours would be like, I'm just a four. And you're like, no, man, like, you see the world in color, you know? Like, yes. A hundred percent. I I totally agree. Especially. I got really passionate about that. I just, like, think they're (laughs) so cool. And, like, without them, like, we lose so much of the world. Yes, I agree. So much creativity, so much fun. Like the, just how we see things would be totally different. So it's so easy, I think, especially for you and I both to use this in aiding others, right? Like you and I are both going to use this and look outward and be like, okay, how can we use this to connect with other people or empathize with other people or whatever? But how have you used it like within okay we're getting into the emotions how have you used it personally <laughs> Warning. to yeah to kind of step into that like your self-worth or your confidence this podcast is obviously called wild confidence so we have to talk about confidence um but how has that impacted your self-worth or self-confidence like in discovering more about you and your type um definitely like something i mentioned earlier of um like working on, like working on the internal truth that like I am not what I do, and like people love me for just being there. Um, I think that that has been something like that I, I think about every day. You know, like how can I just live more into like I am who I am, and that's enough. Um, yeah. And just also like, you know, we were joking literally before we started about like performance anxiety. Like, okay, I gotta perform. I gotta be the best. And, like, mm-hmm. I remember one day at work, um, someone, was I was saying hey to someone, and they're like, are you okay? You seem tired. And I was, like, furious that internally that someone questioned that I wasn't doing great. You know, I was <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, did you just question my state of being? Like, of course I'm great. <laughs> my uh, state of being? Yeah, but, like, <laughs> but 
but like just like it's okay not to be great like and people still love you just as much when you're tired and when you're annoyed and when you are emotional like all those states I think that like when I'm at work I want people to think or not just work in life I'm going to think that I things are going well for me you know like I'm going to think that I'm in a good mood and fun to be around I'll put a full warm around me and like but like some of those things cause effort and some days you don't have that and like it goes back to you're not what you do. You are who you are, and people will love you for that. And I just think that that has been, like, a message that I've had to work on to be like, okay, like, if I see no one today and I'm just as myself, I'm just as valuable, even though I didn't do anything external. Like, I'm just as lovable. And, like, the Lord loved me just as much. And like I said earlier, I don't think he cares. I'm the President of the United States. Like, mm-hmm. like he loves me and you and, like, all of us so much. Like, I think that's just, been something internal to be like whenever I fail like it's not the end of the world like there or there's next and there's pivots and I don't know I think that's kind of been what it's been for me is to say like and I think I mean talking about emotions I used to think I was really good at emotions because I can talk about them a lot but I don't feel them a lot and that's my difference mm. is like I can talk to them at the yin yang to make you and people around me feel comfortable talking to me but like I'm, I'm moving like this this weekend um, up to to Durham, and I like have tried to feel sad because I know that internally I am sad, but like I can't mm. get there for some reason right now. So I'm trying to like fast forward the emotion and not like do it. And I think that in response, like I think a very free response is to just dull yourself, like to dull your internal feelings to perform. And like really trying to lean into like, okay, I am, I am sad. Like I'm closing a chapter of my life, but also saying like, in like not dulling sadness, I'm not dulling happiness. Like there is goodness. There is like new opportunity. There is excitement and all this new as well. And so I think for me, it's, it's also been like, how can I like be emotionally responsible with myself and not just dull things until I hit a wall, which I tend to do. Like I tend to dull things until I hit a wall. And then, you know, you have a little meltdown and you get back together. But, like, yeah. I think, like, yeah, I can't rush emotions. They happen on their own time. I think it's been a helpful tool to be like, okay, like, I am sad. I, I get to feel sad. I can lean into that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's hard. I mean, that can be hard, especially with such conflicting emotions with moving or starting something new. You know, you're sad to, you're grieving something, but you're also celebrating something. So I can right, see yeah. how it's, it would be an exhausting exchange. Right. Cause like I know it's weird. I'll tell people, I'll tell friends, like, I know under the surface that I'm happy and sad. But I don't really feel either right now. And like, I know they're both there. It's just like, okay, like, how do you lean into that? How do you like let it happen? Like, how do you, and like, kind of letting myself experience that, I think, is not a very three thing. It's, it's a hard thing for a three to do, you know, because, like, my brain's like, okay, I got to pack. I got to see about all my friends. I need to write letters to friends. I need to see everyone and thank them, you know, like, instead of just yeah. being in the moment and letting that be enough. Yeah, absolutely. But that's so good that you're even aware of that, you know, like, that's so helpful that because a lot of people who don't do the work. Um, and I would definitely call it work to try and grow as a person, but they don't do the work. And then they're stuck in that dullness or that numbness. And this is the way out is becoming aware of that. But I mean, just how like, I was joking about 
um, like taking your test a friend. Like it's only because I have friends who like have these conversations with me who are like, how are you doing? Like, what are you feeling? Like, what are you not feeling? You know, I think that that's like a lot due to just really great friends who like push me to be better because they know that I want to be better. And they also like the Lord has like called us into freedom of that and want that for yeah. me. Like I want that for them. Yes. That is so good. I love that so much. So in the midst of all this life change and just things in life that you're going through in a pandemic and moving and all of the things, how can we as a community pray for you specifically? Well, I have the big one that I've already talked about like four times, you know, the relocation. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And, you know, just, I don't know. I, I really want, I have community to an extent where I'm moving, but like prayers just for like community. You know, I think that's, a, that's, that's like a key part of life is like community where you feel like, that place is now home to you, you know? Um, and, yeah. that, and during a pandemic like that, that's kind of going to be a, uh, you know, it's hard to be socially active in a socially distant world. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's part of moving. Um, and just also with moving, like, I think there's a lot of new things the Lord has to teach me. And just like openness to be taught, you know? Like, I think that that is, I think we can move and be so focused on, all things going on around me that I'm not going to have like a receptive heart to learn. And I really want to, cause there's so much newness that I like want to use that for good. Yeah, for sure. We will definitely be praying for that. And as we pray for that, we want to stay connected with you. You and I will stay connected for sure. But for everyone I'm gonna else, say, you have to stay connected with me. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like a hundred percent. We're going to collab and we're going to do all the things. Um, but where can our community, where can our friends find you on the internet? Obviously, TikTok. <laughs> well, <laughs> if you, at Enneagram Andy, uh, also known as the founding father of Enneagram TikTok. So uh, definitely there. I'm also on Instagram. Um, it's ATD2495. More of my personal life, personal stuff. But like, I'm all down to make internet friends because this obviously yes. worked out just fine with this one. So I know. Um, <laughs> I literally, I could not be more excited to be TikTok BFFs and to have you on this podcast. Thank you so much for being willing to be on it. <laughs> As you know, I have no problem talking. So anytime, like if you just need like a filler, if you need someone to like, you know, do anything like read read a manuscript for some story being put, you know, anything. Just let me know. I'm there for you. I one thousand percent will. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Literally, like this has been the highlight of my day and just how did my week? And it's so much fun. Oh my gosh, same. My mouth my face hurts from laughing so much. Same. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for hanging out today. I pray that you're able to see yourself how the Lord sees you so you can hold your head a little higher and shine your confidence a little brighter. I would so appreciate if you would leave a review, subscribe, and share this with a friend. And of course, I want to stay connected with you. Find me on Instagram at Ainsley B. And my website is AinsleyBritton.com. See y'all later.